Welcome to episode 54 of the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London podcast. Um, and time flies when you're having fun. Um, well, today we want to do a look back at the last three weeks of World Cup action. Um, of course, there have been a lot of issues off the pitch, um, and I don't think those need discussing any more in details. They've kind of soured the atmosphere. Um, but what we want to focus on today is the action on the pitch, because also on the pitch, there have been a lot of fireworks and issues which um, have been more on the positive side, let's say, on the exciting side. So with me today to talk about um, the football action at the FIFA uh, 2022 World Cup are um, Mr. Cedric van der Goon, who many English fans will remember from his time playing with Swansea, um, a winger. Uh, who also starred for the Netherlands under-21 international team, national team, um, and uh, five times, and indeed uh, played 272 uh, professional matches, scoring just shy of 60 goals in his career. I think the figure is 56, to be exact. And what's exciting, of course, for BBB fans is that um, Cedric also played for Borussia Dortmund um, and um, under Bert van Marwijk, and um, and also had a strong career in the Eredivisie in Holland, uh, including with FC Utrecht. Um, so um, welcome, firstly, uh, Cedric van der Goon. Thank you. How are you doing today? How is how are you in Holland today? Yeah, I'm in Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in must, Holland must be there. pretty cold. I I hear the uh, the lakes freeze over there and people go ice skating. Is that still happening? Uh, well, it's getting colder right now. Yeah. So like a month ago, it was still. Uh... <laughs> pretty warm weather and uh, now it goes quickly uh, towards uh, really cold yeah yeah absolutely and I forgot to mention Cedric that apart from being an accomplished uh, player you also have been coaching including uh, being a youth coach with 36 time Eredivisie champions and one of the greatest football clubs in Europe Ajax as well um, so yeah apologies for not mentioning that <laughs> it's okay don't worry about it yeah. So um, uh, our second guest on the show is Kai Dambach. Um, and Kai has been a friend of mine for some time. He's uh, a radio, he's worked on the radio with Deutsche Welle, the German national um, uh, television channel, and uh, is currently doing an MA uh, in Olympic studies, if I'm not mistaken. At, That's correct. Yeah. At the Sporthochschule uh, Köln, which is the leading sports university in Germany. And he's from Maryland, um, near Washington, D.C., um, on the East Coast of the United States. And Kai also does presenting um, on um, American sports like baseball, NFL. Uh, and yeah, great to have you, Kai, and, and loves football. Kai, I can't even remember which team you support, but um, it's so cool to have you on the show. Finally, we managed to connect. Yes, I'm very, 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 very happy to be here. Um... Uh, I, I, for personal reasons, I don't like to reveal which team I support just because it, the moment it gets out, someone's just going to go, oh, that's why he said that, you know, if I do commentary. So <laughs> I, I like to keep I like to keep my fandom and my broadcasting and photography completely separate. Absolutely. And of course, I omitted to say that you're also a very talented photographer. And if I'm not mistaken, you've been out taking photos today, in fact, of uh, a women's football match, right? That is correct. Uh, SC Köln and uh, SC Freiburg uh, play today to a nil-nil draw. And I was out there all day today. Wow, must have been pretty cold in Germany too, like it was here in the UK. Oh yeah, my, I can barely feel my toes right now. <laughs> so thanks again for joining. So yeah, looking at the World Cup. So wow, I mean, firstly, guys, um, what an incredible World Cup to have a World Cup right in the beginning in the middle of the season, I mean, firstly, guys, my question is, 
Um, what's your impression um, of having a World Cup in the middle of the season? Like, what impact is that going to have, um, Cedric, uh, on the Eredivisie, for example, the top teams and so on, uh, or, or just in football in general? I mean, they have a huge gap in the middle. I was uh, out yep. shopping in London last week. And I suddenly turned around and I found myself uh, standing in front of uh, Mr. Jose Mourinho. Okay. Wow. <laughs> doing some shopping, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, he was he was doing he some, some shopping. Spare, he had some spare time uh, now, yeah, during the World Cup, yeah. That's right. Uh, so, so obviously it was a memorable experience for me. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, so quite a lot of the guys are out and about now and they've got time and so on. So, yeah, what is your impression about having a, a World Cup, firstly, um, uh, in, the middle of, in the middle of the season, basically? Yeah, well, for us, uh, it's always nice to have football. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, otherwise you have it uh, during the summer. Uh, now it's during the winter. And uh, to be honest, it's, uh, it's nice to have uh, all these uh, football matches, you know, because it's great to, uh, to see all the games. So for, for me, just it doesn't really matter whether it's in the summer or in the, or, or in the winter. But I think, uh, yeah, a lot of things are different, obviously, now. Uh, and especially for the players, if you uh, uh, consider the, the, uh, the, the time they can prepare. Uh, you know, they played league games, I think, in the second week of November. And then all of a sudden, you have to start a World Cup. So that's a difficult thing. And, 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 and as, especially in, in England. You know, I think uh, the, the final is uh, at the 18th. And I think in England, they start uh, the league in uh, December 26th. So um, so a lot of players that play in the Premier League, they have to start playing again straight away. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's a huge difference, I think, uh, for, for all these players and the coaches. Yeah. You're absolutely 100% right mm -hmm. indeed. And it's hard to imagine how the English players and the players in the Premier League are going to cope without any break at all. Um, yeah. You know, obviously in the summer when they come back, um, they have still like maybe a few weeks, three or four weeks. Sometimes they're given extra time to recover. Um, yeah. Do you have in Holland, sorry for not being informed, but do you have the winter break like in Germany, like one month winter break? Yeah, usually uh, I think I think we did uh, like uh, two or three seasons, but it's already uh, like a decade ago. We, we also uh, did a lot of games. Or, or more games uh, in December, uh, a little bit similar like the Premier League. So we started to play uh, December 27, December 28, which we usually never did. But I think we only did it like for two seasons and they, then they changed it again. So uh, now actually the Eredivisie, they have uh, the winter break again. Yeah, uh, yeah for, for, for a coach, it's, it's obviously... it's. Uh, it's it, it's nice to have this break where all the players can recover and uh, yeah. you know you 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 can do uh, like one or two extra weeks and work on uh, all, all these different things uh, mostly then tactical but 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 that's for coach uh, for coaching stuff that's really uh, really important so yeah that's uh, that's different from like England that they're they 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 never have the winter break yeah yeah absolutely right and of course. Fabio Capello, Sven Goran Eriksson, Martin O'Neill um, have all in the foreign coaches of the national team of England have, have talked about the need to have a uh, a break. But for for basically the reason for it is essentially the the betting industry, I think, and it's also part of English tradition to have games on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, and yep. so on. Um, but uh, yeah, the English calendar is one of the most congested in the world. And no doubt, Cedric, uh, will come back to your career and when you played for Swansea, that you had that personal experience of having to play the day after Christmas Day and so on. Yeah. Kai, what about you? I mean, personally, I also welcome very much this World Cup in the middle of the season. Um, I found it to be really, really great um, to have in uh, just before Christmas. Um, what's been your impression of, of the timing of the World Cup? And do you think it's going to be a big disadvantage for the English clubs and players in, or players in England in particular? I, I think that it really could become a disadvantage for the uh, English players just to start there, just uh, just seeing all these games over and over and over again. Now, um, you know, and just having just being so deflated after what happened in the quarterfinals against France, and you only have what like two weeks to get back to the Premier League. That's really not a lot of time to recover from 
what happened. Um, talking about the World Cup, Cedric, what's your impression so far? I mean, let's start with um, some of the novelties. Some of the things I've noticed about this World Cup, I mean, firstly, um, just keeping controversy aside, the, the, the match play, the play on the on the field itself, a few interesting things I've noticed, such as stadium announcers announcing cards, yellow and red cards, uh, or uh, countdown to kickoff before the game, um, and <laughs> air conditioning, diet pitches, extra, 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 extra long, extra time. Uh, what's your impression so far, Cedric? Some pretty weird stuff going on, right? Yeah, but those weird things maybe that doesn't really harm the game, uh, you know, like a uh, <laughs> kickoff countdowns or the announcements of the cards. You know, the, I, I don't think it's really, really important. You know, yeah. maybe they thought about it and and, and think it, it it makes certain things uh, more clear for people. Uh, so so. Maybe they thought that that would help a bit, but I don't think that's really important. I think the extra time that's that's something that is really really important. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of the, of the ten minutes extra time. Yeah. If they're actually uh, if during the game like ten minutes were uh, and 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 that's that's still a thing because you know I'm a huge uh, you know like field hockey they they, they have these uh, two times twenty five minutes but like if the ball goes out then the uh, clock stops do you know what I mean yeah, so sure. you, you, you I I think it's really important for in football because it's one of these things that people are getting annoyed about is it, it, it's uh, every time uh, when there's a team one uh, 0 up uh, the last uh, 15 20 minutes you know they're trying to uh, how do you say it waste time uh, waste time yep. and, and and everybody gets annoyed by it so I think when you miss 10 minutes during a game yeah you, you need to take it in uh, during extra time so I'm yeah. a huge fan of that one yeah yeah. And what about playing with air conditioning as a player? Can you imagine yourself playing there on a pitch with no. air conditioning blowing across no. the field? No, but 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 you know that's that's you know I never played uh yeah, well I've played games where it was really warm, but if it's if, if it's a World Cup and and it gets really really warm, you know, I can I can uh, imagine that you're actually happy as a player. There's yeah. some air conditioning, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But yeah, but it's strange. Absolutely, it's really really strange. Yeah. Absolutely. I found that really myself too. I mean, I agree that the kickoff countdown is not such a bad thing. Announcing of cards, are these, um, is this something uh, from the United States, the kickoff to countdown and announcing uh, like penalties, like cards, you know, equivalent in, in NFL and baseball and stuff and, uh, you know, things like that. I mean, are these kind of things that have been brought in from America? Because so many new innovations are coming in from the US. I mean, I feel as if VAR um, kind of seems to have emanated from the US, no, from NFL and so on, where they the the referees will often uh, refer to like um, video stuff, and then they'll announce it on a microphone. That, you know, the, the ref in NFL is mic'd up and so on. Like, is is that right? Uh, sort of yes. Uh, it's not just the NFL. MLB also does this. NBA also has that. Uh, NCAA football like college football really has a lot of video reviews that you can do and you can do it pretty much any play that you want but they only do it if it's a very important potentially controversial play that's when they'll uh call a replay and uh so, so that's that's that is where it came from um but i mean i don't really like the only big thing that really uh, has definitely changed the game uh, over this past World Cup has been the mm -hmm. extended extra time uh, mm -hmm. or added time periods. And mm -hmm. we've seen that every single minute counts because how many times have we, you know, when we were kids, like when we took a test and we see that clock running down going like, oh man, I just need one more minute, one more minute, one more minute, eh, time's up. No, I just needed one more minute to finish the test. It's like too late, hand it in. You know, but yeah. these guys are getting an extra minute or two or or five even to finish the test. And we've seen that those extra one or two minutes has been so critical. Like, especially you, we all watched the Netherlands against Argentina, right? And that incredible free kick, like sure. that would not have happened if it was just, you know, just, a, you know, at five minutes of at a time. It was, what, 10 minutes of at a time? That's right. And then, yeah. it, you know, but with that extra time the netherlands just said okay this is our last our, our really our last chance let's 
let's pull it out of the bag and see what happens. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You know, it gets stopped. And yet they scored one of the greatest goals of the World Cup. Just like that. We might as well just start then with uh, with Netherlands. Um, Cedric, I mean, Group A, along with Senegal, Qatar and Ecuador. I mean, I guess the fact that Qatar has been pretty poor wasn't a big revelation. For me personally, I was surprised how weak um, uh, Senegal was and, and not that impressed by Ecuador. But how impressed were you by Holland? And do you feel that that group basically turned out to be pretty much what you expected? Yeah, in the end, uh, obviously it did. Um... Because Holland wasn't playing really the best football, and okay. still they uh, they went through to the, the last sixteen pretty easy. Uh, Qatar was obviously not 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 good enough, um, but Senegal, yeah, they had a big uh, disappointment. Obviously, with Mane not uh, not playing the World Cup, so that makes a di- big difference for them. And uh, yeah, there, <laughs> I don't think Holland had had you know even. They, uh, they weren't playing really uh, good football, but they, they didn't really have the, you know, huge uh, difficulties getting through. Yeah, I had higher expectations of Senegal. Of course, they finished second in the table. Um, um, have you had, had you ever seen a, a tactic like that for taking a free kick, Cedric? Which one? The the tactic that the, the Dutch players did against Argentina. Uh, oh, you mean the last free kick against Argentina? No, well, actually, I I did see. I mean, I've seen so many different free kicks uh, throughout my career. So, uh, but 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 to make a free kick like this in the in such a uh, big game, uh, last minute uh, of a game when you're two nil down, nobody expected it. So so yeah, actually that then obviously when nobody expects it, it's the best uh, best moment to try a, a free kick like that. Yeah, but they I did it perfectly, it. absolutely. Uh, and, and then Wout Weghorst, I mean, it was a good pass. And, and then Wout Weghorst, he uh, got everything out of it. But uh, it surprised everybody. So, so, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was absolutely sensational. I love that kind of creativity in football. Absolutely, um, yeah. Kai, uh, what about you? Uh, were you surprised about the weakness of Qatar and, and how, how good were Ecuador? I mean, they, they managed to hold Netherlands to a 1-1, which was pretty impressive. Um, and I, I did expect them to go through, but then after all, Senegal were African champions. So I guess, you know, it could have been expected that they would go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were they were really missing Mane. That's if if he had if he was healthy, things would have been a lot different uh, for Senegal. And um, I, I was a little bit surprised uh, that Qatar wasn't, you know, the really strong at all. But then again, uh, you know, this was the very first time Qatar had ever been in the World Cup. They also had the pressure of being the hosts for the very first time. They they really just looked like, uh, as we say in the U.S., a deer in headlights, just yeah. going like, oh, snap, what's going on? Uh, uh, oh, we're supposed to do that thing now. Oh, oh, uh, oh, and we're behind. <laughs> Basically, that's, that's what Qatar looked like in all three of their matches. I mean, they only scored one goal throughout the entire tournament yeah. and so it was it, it, it they were probably the I, i'd say they were definitely the least successful host uh team in world cup history like it, it was it was a uh, pretty disappointing to see that um but the thing is about the netherlands i mean as as you'd said uh they they didn't play particularly well but you know they that's the sign of a good team when even if you're not playing well, you're still well out in front, well ahead and, you know, proving to be pretty successful. That's just the sign of a good team. Uh, the only problem is in the quarterfinals, they ran up against Argentina and Messi and really turned that game into a scrap fest. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then ultimately, um, this is, I guess, is the end for Louis van Gaal, um, Cedric. Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, uh, he would have hoped for the for the, uh, the world title, probably end of career for him. But you never know. But uh, yeah, well, it's 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 it's, it's disappointed, obviously, that they went out, but they did they did okay. They didn't play really good football, but uh, they made it to the to the last eight, and, and obviously. 
through penalties they lost against Argentina, which uh, which I think is still uh, with Messi in the in the team is still a, obviously a very good team. So uh, so yeah, for Gaal, it's uh, I think this was the ending for of, of his career. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you played at Borussia Dortmund under Bert van Marwijk, and he also uh, failed to lead UEA, UAE to the tournament yeah. and uh, also retired earlier this year. So it's the second uh, top Dutch historical yeah. coach who is retiring this year. Um, Kai, let's go to Group B. So United States, how satisfied were you with the United States performance? Uh, you know, I, I was really shocked uh, that the U.S., uh, made it out of the group. Like um, I saw them in September playing against Japan in Dusseldorf, and it was it was just miserable watching the U.S. in that game. Like they they just looked like they didn't want to be there at all. Nothing was clicking. Nobody was talking with each other. And even the U.S. fans who were there, there were only about fifty uh, in the stadium. Even they were just going like. Berhalter has no plan. Berhalter has no plan. Yeah. So I was just thinking, this this team, if they make it out of the group stage, you know, I'll eat my own hat, basically. <laughs> and and they did. And I just, but you know what? We got out of the group stage. That's you know, with this with this crew. You know what? I'll, I'll take it. I'll I'll yeah. take it. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see Christian Pulisic, for one, playing a decent but I, yeah, decent performance. And there's actually rumours now of him might be on his way back to Borussia Dortmund, which I think would be huge because Dortmund has got a problem with the wings. Um, yeah. Cedric, mm -hmm. you were a winger yourself and also played for BVB uh, in 2005-2006 mm -hmm. uh, under Bert van Marwijk. Um, what was your kind of basic most fundamental memory of that time, apart from the club being having huge financial difficulties? Was it a, a great uh, opportunity to play for a big club like Dortmund at the time for you? Yeah, well, that that uh, that obviously because it's really a big club. It was a uh, just just a little bit disappointing because of my injury. So uh, in my second game. I uh, tore my cruciate and uh, and it took me like seven months, seven and a half months to, to to get back. So I only played the last game of the season. So that was disappointing, but still, it was a, a great experience. It was a, it's it's a massive club, and uh, you know, even though uh, I had that injury, it was uh, I still think of it as a as a, as a really uh, season which I really loved that that, that I uh, experienced it. Absolutely amazing! Yeah, really cool. Um, well, I mean, I guess, you know, talking about the two British teams, Wales and England, um, personally, I thought Wales were dismal. Um, basically, they yeah. managed to get against the United States, but even Gareth Bale, who um, is now playing at, uh, in the United States at LAFC and actually won the MLS title. Kai, correct me if I'm wrong. That's uh, correct. With Steve Trondolo as coach. Didn't manage to pull the Wales train through. Um, England, on the other hand, I thought were... Very, very decent indeed. Um, Kai, what were your impressions otherwise of the group? Um, I mean, we shouldn't forget Iran as well, who were quite spirited, to be honest, like I expected them to be. Oh, yeah. Like all, all eyes uh, really were on Iran over the course of those three games. Not, not so much because of their footballing abilities, but because of everything that was going on back in their home country. I mean, they didn't sing the national anthem during their first game. And then they're basically told, do it or you know there's going to be trouble intent wink wink nudge nudge incredible so so i mean they were they were playing for way more than just a trophy and i mean they were it was it, it was pretty i mean i'm saying this as an american it was really heartbreaking to see them go out you know it, i mean but it, what I what I also saw was wonderful sportsmanship from the U.S. team coming over and consoling them afterwards. Looking at Group C, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that the Argentina-Saudi Arabia game will stick <laughs> in many people's minds like for yeah. a long, long, long time. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But, uh, you know, it, like uh, Spain lost their first game in 2010 and then went on to win the whole thing. Argentina could very well repeat that. Yeah, I feel just something that we all need to remember. Yeah. yeah, 
I feel the same way. Um, we'll come to favorites a little bit later on, but um, how how sad is it to see the end of Robert Lewandowski, um, Cedric? Um, you know, uh, you, you mean as an international? Yeah. Um, well, he's a, he, yeah, he's a big player. Yeah, he plays for Poland. Uh, so to be honest, I didn't expect Poland to go through and and, and have this amazing. Uh, uh, World Cup. Um, obviously, he did well all these years, uh, first for uh, the club teams, but also for Poland. He scored quite some goals. So yeah, a big player. And then, uh, but 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 to be honest, at least he he now played a World Cup. Uh, if I think of um, Erling Haaland, you know, who's obviously one of the best players at the moment. Yeah. He, he's not even at a World Cup. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit how it is. But yeah, it's a big player. Uh, scores scored a lot of goals. So for Poland, he's uh, yeah, he's going to be a huge miss, yeah. Absolutely, Kai. You watch Mexico all the time, I guess, um, because they play in the same group uh, as the United States. Um, were you very disappointed with the performance this year? I mean, there've been some good Mexican teams in the past. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Germans are ever going to forget where they were when Mexico defeated Germany in 2018. Like that, that was uh, that was a pretty good Mexican side. But uh, yeah, this. This uh, Mexico side was uh, pretty disappointing, uh, to say the least. Sorry, that's really all I can say. <laughs> no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, there really wasn't very much to say about them, quite frankly. But of exactly. course, Kai, um, the 2026 World Cup is going to be staged between Canada, United States and Mexico. Um, do you see that cooperation working for the next World Cup? Um, I, th I think it can. Uh, I, I, like. You know, North Americans, we all pretty much get along. Um, just you know, unfortunately, not quite so much along the U.S. Mexico border. But you know, this sure. isn't a political show. This is, you know, let's let's keep let's try to stick to sports a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a whole lot we can say about that, but that's that's for another day and another time and another conversation. Yeah, but um. I mean one thing Americans are good at is staging big events like the um, oh, yeah. Olympic Games and 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 so on. I'm and the USA '94. And it's been it's been a while since US has hosted a big international football uh, tournament of the size of the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Yep, I was two years old uh, when the US hosted in 1994, so I don't remember a thing. I don't remember anything at all about that. Um, I mean, there were some matches that took place near me uh, at RFK Stadium in D.C., but uh, that stadium is about to uh, become dust in the wind. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, all the stadiums in the U.S. already built, already just stunning, spectacular, hosting Super Bowls, hosting NFL games, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, the U.S. is ready. I know Canada's ready. I know Mexico's ready. It's just a matter of, okay, uh, instead of being a one-city World Cup like we have in a way this year. Doha. Um, That's right. Yes. Yep. But now it's, it's going to be three countries. Yeah, this has worked this year. It's really worked. It's really worked. It's been very compact. It's been very close. Um, I've been speaking to Dardan, a friend of mine who's been out there, also Lolade, uh, who's been working with Deutsche Welle, and the atmosphere has been really good in spite of not having alcohol. Cedric, what are your general impressions of the World Cup in Qatar so far, the atmosphere? I don't think not having alcohol has made such a huge difference. I mean, it's not been widely available. I mean, it has been available, but not widely available. No, only when the announcement came, it was uh, like a little bit of an issue. After that, I never really heard about it uh, too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, and then and that's only. Uh, to be honest, uh, uh, you know, the fans, as, uh, at least from from the outside, how it looked, it, it was actually. Uh, it, it's been it's been a good World Cup. Yeah, uh, that's the feeling I had. I felt so too. So, absolutely. Yeah. In spite of the controversy and the issues, of that's it. That's it. Yeah, but that's important too. I just uh, absolutely that's one of the things that uh, that's always going to be around it. And uh, but 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 so far, you know, if you've if you've watched the games on the on the television, it all looks actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I felt so, too. And um, certainly, I mean, um, you know, it's very important that FIFA is held to their promises. Now, time for a short announcement. If you love Borussia Dortmund, why not join us for a live game and have a couple of Dortmund Union beers at the Stamtich meetup of the official Borussia Dortmund fan club in London. We meet on match days 
at the Fitzroy Wine Cellar on Cleveland Street. For more details, head to our Facebook page or give us a call on 07459-394-121. And now back to the show. So, guys, we're back. Um, and uh, Group D, uh, well, let's just start. Basically, I mean, um, Australia and, um, and and France went through, but Tunisia managed to, um, to, to beat France. I suppose that was the big surprise of the game. Cedric, what did you think of that game? I personally, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, well, it was obviously surprising, even though uh, France played some other players. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it was really surprising, just like uh, Saudi Arabia uh, beat uh, Argentina. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, France went uh, went through anyway. So. Uh, yeah, how how good are France in this tournament? Do you think, um, Cedric? Um, basically, are they good enough to win the title? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they, uh, but but you know, there's always uh, the, especially with this World Cup, uh, it shows that there are always uh, surprises. So uh, you never know. But to be honest, I think uh, France is going to beat uh, Morocco. Uh, they, you know, they've been doing really really well this World Cup, Morocco. But I think uh, they played some really uh, difficult games so far, so they'll probably be tired uh, as well. And I think uh, France is. Uh, is is definitely the better side. So I think France will, will beat Morocco, and then you'll uh, have to wait who's going to be the, the the other finalist. Mm. France uh, absolutely uh, has a has a has, uh, they have a good chance uh, of winning now. Yeah, absolutely. Kai, were you surprised about the weakness of Denmark? I mean, they've been they've been pretty good in the past, and but basically, I mean, um, they didn't really show up on this tournament, did they? Yeah, that was that was really shocking. They only got one point in their uh, group games and only got one goal overall so that that was really really shocking i mean i mean they, and they were in the semifinals in the last european championships and that so that was to go from being a semifinalist last year to not even making it out of the group stage this year that's that's pretty shocking and um and pretty uh, difficult to watch, especially after what happened in the previous tournament. But then again, you don't win games, you don't win tournaments based off of you know wonderful stories. After watching one of their players uh, going to cardiac arrest, and then everyone rallying around him, and you know that was beautiful, but that doesn't win you games. Absolutely right. Um, Cedric, as a professional football player, you've indeed played in the Premier League uh, with Swansea for a number of years, which uh, must have been an amazing experience. And I've spoken to fans of the Swans and they remember you. Um, what do you feel about um, Ericsson playing again? Um, basically, I mean, first with Brentford, I mean, and now Manchester United. I mean, pretty extraordinary, right? Yeah, well, this is obviously... Uh... Uh, something that that that's way bigger than football. Eh? You know, if you have a, a problem at the at the heart, it's obviously during the during a, a game, and uh, and then you have to recover. Uh, and he comes back like this. Eh? First, uh, like you said, the Brentford uh, doing really well, and now playing at Man United and uh, playing at the World Cup again. So it must uh, must be for him. Uh, uh, like uh, yeah, absolutely uh, a, a good a thing to be really proud of something like you know what i mean and uh, obviously they went out now uh, so that's that's disappointing but for him to uh, recover from uh, something like that is uh, it's amazing have you ever heard cedric um in all your experience as a coach and player of other players playing with heart uh, pacemakers mm -hmm. or other devices uh, for their heart before yeah well unfortunately i had a uh, a teammate of mine uh, uh, at Swansea, who actually died of a heart attack. Which yeah. player was that? Uh, um, Bezzi. Uh, um, he was a young player, an uh, Austrian player. Uh, and uh, went on a young age, he went to Liverpool. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I, I think he played for a few uh, different... Uh, Different clubs, and he came to uh, to Swansea. At the end of the year, he uh, 
Yeah, unfortunately, he died in the, uh, while, uh, he was uh, he was asleep in the in the summer holiday. So that was really uh, really a bad thing. Amazing, yeah. absolutely yeah. incredible. And we've seen actually in the last few years, we've seen quite a lot of um, issues yeah. similar to that, including testicular cancer as well. Sebastian Haller has been affected. Yeah. By, mm-hmm. uh, there's and a uh, Boetius. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Union Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, basically, um, um, uh, Cedric, do you feel that uh, the players are being pushed too hard nowadays? Or what is it that's leading to these kind of, uh, you know, um, very serious issues in the game? Yeah, I think well, one of the things that is obviously uh, really difficult to say is uh, uh, the, the tempo of the game, uh, you know, goes up, you know, uh, so physically, uh, it's way more demanding now than it was before, uh, playing a lot more games uh, at this very high level. So that obviously that's, that, that, that has an impact. But I do have the feeling that all these players, uh, uh, you know, that have, have things uh, at the heart like Daily Blind now, eh? he's, he had an issue with his heart as well. There probably is something wrong. And, uh, you know, you, you just hope like all these medical tests they are doing with all the players that that, that, that they find it uh, uh, on time you know and uh, and sometimes uh, if, if they don't find anything and you feel confident uh, playing yeah uh, then, then if you play like a lot of games and it's really exhausting yeah then apparently things like this can happen which is really really awful yeah yeah, absolutely. Kai, um, obviously, uh, some parts of the United States are inc- getting incredibly hot, like, for example, New Mexico, Arizona, and so on. A friend of mine, Mike Klein, I should say hi to, he's been down in Arizona for the last few weeks. Um, do you, What happens in the US uh, in those parts of the country when it gets incredibly hot? Because it is getting hotter due to climate change, essentially. Uh, yeah, like... Um... In the southwest, it gets very hot and dry. In the southeast, it's very hot and moist during the summers. Like where I am, like, you know, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, Maryland is in the northeast or the southeast. But um, it definitely feels like we're in the south when it's the summer where temperatures get above, like, well into, like, the mid-30s in the summer that – and in, in Celsius and Fahrenheit, it's like the nineties, like close to 100. Um, and basically we're basically told stay indoors as much as you can try not to do too much outside. But of course, you know, someone has to do work outside. So basically, sure. uh, try to, you know, take as many water breaks as possible. Sure. Um, and, and really, uh, keep an eye out for any potential heat-related illnesses. Like I've sure. actually had had a few um, sure. when when I was when I was a kid because I just didn't notice until I was basically passing yeah, I out. Got it. I got it. Yeah. And is that is that is that where a lot of these water breaks, for example, have come from? Has that developed also as part of the U.S. game? Is that something that you have in NFL and and and? Uh, and 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 games in the states. And do you still continue uh, when the when the heat gets above? What's the limit that you've had a kind of in in the U.S. where they have a cutoff where games are not played anymore? Um, in the U.S., no, there really isn't one in terms of heat, at least. I mean, we had an NFL team, the Arizona Cardinals, and they used to play in a stadium without a roof, without a dome, without air conditioning or anything, and they would play, you know, full pads, like thirty upper thirties. You know, wow. just all out. Uh, now, the thing is, you know, not if you don't send out everybody and they stay out there the entire time, mm-hmm. you know, so, so so when you're on the bench, you know, when you, like if you're a defensive player and the offense is on the field, that's when you drink your water. That's when you drink your sports drinks and so on and so forth mm-hmm. to stave off dehydration. That's so there's really not much of a need for that. Not really so much need for water breaks in american sports at least uh just because there are many opportunities for you to you know take take a drink when you're not out on the field so do you have um so that explains about the water drinks do you have air-conditioned stadiums basically outdoor stadiums like they have in qatar not outdoor uh only indoor uh mm-hmm. well well, it, well only when the roof is uh closed mm-hmm. um like we don't have too many uh, stadiums where the roof opens up. I, like 
I, I'm sorry, where the like, roof is 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 a permanent roof. Uh, like the only one that the only one that comes to mind is Detroit's uh, four field where the uh, Lions play in the mm -hmm. NFL. That's mm -hmm. always going to be closed. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, that that's the that's the only time when air conditioning really comes into play, and you really only see that uh, primarily in like Texas and Arizona because those mm -hmm. are the places that get extraordinarily hot yeah, uh, during yeah. the summers. And indeed, Dallas Cowboys have the biggest um, uh, average crowd yeah. in the world, uh, which I think is 99,000. It's just above Borussia Dortmund, who had the biggest soccer crowd in the world, 81,000. Um, uh, talking about climatic conditions, um, Cedric, what do you feel, talking about Group E, um, J Japan did very well, and they're obviously accustomed to playing a lot of games in the Middle East, um, and um, uh, yeah, I, I thought Germany looked pretty out of sorts. I, I couldn't really figure out whether, uh, and I should be able to because I write a lot about Germany, whether it was the team, whether it was the atmosphere, the build-up, the problems in Germany. But I mean, basically Spain and, and, and Japan looked considerably sharper, um, I thought, throughout, even though perhaps Germany could consider themselves unlucky to have gone out to that a bit strange goal that Japan scored, the second one, where the ball was slightly over the line. Well, Jan obviously a bit disappointed. I think they, uh, I think they started the game not that bad, mm -hmm. uh, and actually against Spain, um, you know, maybe it wasn't the best game of Germany, but I didn't feel they were uh, so much less than Spain as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think they just really gave it away. During the game against Japan, obviously they were one 0 up, and 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 the goals they got against them, uh, uh, they shouldn't have um, those scored against them. And, and and I think especially in the first half, they they they, you know, I had the feeling if they were a little bit more sharp, they could have uh, killed the game more easily. Yeah? And, uh, and 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 in the end, that it, it cost you the. This generation of Germans, the last three tournaments, they haven't done that well at the European Championship in England, where they got knocked out in the last 16. Um, they got knocked out at Russia 2018. Now, again, in the first round, I mean, focusing from, let's say, 2018 onwards, um, yeah. I mean, my memory of the Germanys of back in the day was that there was a considerably more consistent quality of, of players coming through. And maybe I think that's difficult uh, to say because there's obviously still a lot of quality in the in the German squad, um, and I think it's 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 difficult because you know, like we just said, uh, Spain lost the first game uh, during the 2010 World Cup when they won. They lost the first game. Uh, the same uh, Argentina now against Saudi Arabia, and you know they're in the semi-final. Uh, now, now Germany lost that game against Japan, which I think uh, they shouldn't have lost. You never know how far they would reach uh, in, into the tournament, uh, you know, otherwise. Because I still think, especially on certain, on certain positions, Germany is just really strong. Yeah. Uh, especially up front. And then and, 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 and you have Musiala, a yeah, 19-year-old uh, player who's, who's really ridiculously good. With also Sané and Gnabry and with Gundogan uh, behind, you have Kimmich, uh, you know, these are all big players. Um, so, so, so to be honest, I, I, I don't consider Germany now have, have a squad that's, you know, really uh, less, less than, than, than uh, uh, 15 years ago. I don't, uh, I don't think so. Maybe on certain positions. Yeah. Do you, Cedric, do you do you think Hansi Flick is perhaps the issue? I mean, um, he took over from Joachim Löw uh, relatively recently. Um, I personally, I've always think thought he was very effective. Yeah, he won uh, absolutely everything with uh, Bayern Munich. I think he's the most successful club uh, coach there ever is because I think they won six prizes during the year when he was a coach at uh, when he was manager at Bayern Munich. Yeah, but, you know, nineteen, uh, I think. Sorry, yeah, it was a 2019 or 2021 or the one of the, yeah, the Champions season. League as well. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Uh, so, so I think that's difficult uh, to say. Um, uh, obviously, it's for him really, really uh, disappointing because I, I, I uh, yes, Japan wasn't playing really bad, but Germany is way better. I think if they play like ten games against J Japan, they're probably going to win uh, eight of them at mm -hmm. least. 
so they, they, they weren't sharp uh, at certain uh, moments during the game. So that's a disappointment. But also uh, certain players, uh, I still think Schlotterbeck, he came from Freiburg, he's playing at Borussia Dortmund at the moment, uh, talented player. Um, but there are certain moments during the game where he makes uh, uh, mistakes that I think, yeah, that, that, that that's that, that um, you know, at that stage, he shouldn't make them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Spain ultimately, I think, um, you know, have 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 underperformed in the tournament uh, as well, and um, and ultimately um, with Luis Enrique and now stepping down, um, I I think that's you know that's kind of a result, and they need a, a new uh, a Del Fuente, I think, is the new coach of Spain that's taken over. Um, Kai, you've been in Germany during the tournament, I think. So, uh, what was the atmosphere like in Germany? Very briefly. Uh, not great. I haven't seen like a single flag of any nation uh, in anybody's windows at all. And, and normally during World Cup time, European Championship time, everybody has flags in their windows. But right now, no, not a single one. Wow. Not at all. It's it, basically a lot of Germans said, you know what, I, I really don't want to watch this World Cup. And uh, they've yeah. they definitely have done exactly that, not watch it. That's what I felt as well. Friends of mine saying the same thing, which kind of has left the national team a bit on their own out in Qatar. And in some ways, I think they just wanted to subconsciously, at least, you know, get out and come back again. Um, Group F, Cedric, I'm sure you'll have some views on Belgium. Um, I'm very sad to see the end of Axel Witzel, who was a great servant to Borussia Dortmund yep. now at Atletico mm -hmm. Madrid. Um, is this the end of the of the Red Devils, do you think? Um, the great era? Well, not the end of the Red Devils, but I think uh, in Belgium, they probably feel uh, a little bit, this was the last chance of that generation with all these great, uh, absolute great players. Uh, I can imagine with Belgium, they they would have hoped a little bit more than I think they became third or fourth at one World Cup. But uh, in general, it, it, yeah, it was Russia just 2018. yeah, it was in 2018. But just in general, it was. Uh, I I can imagine if you if if you look at all the players they had in the last ten years, it uh, it might feel a little bit disappointing because they had a. Uh, great players, and 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 some of these players, yeah, they they're getting older. Right? They 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 need, they quit uh, now, and now it's just for Belgium. Hope hopefully for them, they can, uh, yeah, you know, have the same kind of players, same quality uh, as they had. But it's really difficult consider considering all the players uh, in the last ten years. For sure, it's a golden generation. Kai, yeah. what's your view on Croatia? How far can they go? Can they win the tournament? Uh, I always think like if you make it to the semifinals, then you deserve to be there. So I, I definitely think that they have a chance at uh, making it uh, to the finals, and we could potentially have a rematch of 2018. Yeah, I I really think uh, Croatia can definitely put up a fight against Argentina. Like, did we it, underestimate it, them, Kai? Uh, kind of, yeah. I, I think so. I mean, I, I don't think really anybody expected Croatia to make the final in 2018. And here we are again, feeling, you know, like, oh, uh, I don't know about Croatia this year. And yet, here they go, proving us wrong once again in the semifinals. I'd, li I'd love to see Luka Modric uh, basically ending his career with something like that. I mean, even reaching another final would be extraordinary. Um, Group G, Cedric, um, which team impressed you the most? Um, were you particularly disappointed with Brazil ultimately, or do you think they've had a good uh, a good campaign? Well, not a good campaign. You know, if you if you uh, see all the players and and, and 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 you know what they're up to, then 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 it's you know they they never fulfilled the full potential. But still, we saw uh, some really good things as well. It's just disappointing they went out, but against you know in my eyes a really really good side, the good Croatia. I think they're they they really have a uh, they have a really good team. Uh, I think it's a bit strange that people underestimated them because I I honestly think they have players that that play at a really good good level, and uh, like you mentioned before that they they, uh, they got to the final in uh, two thousand eighteen. But Brazil, uh, you know, if you if you look at the the attack, like with Vinicius Junior and 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 with Neymar and Anthony, they they have these players where you know it's it's really a big loss for the World Cup that they don't play uh, in in the semi final. 
Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, Kai, we're, we're seeing the end of guys like Ronaldo, CR7, Pepe, uh, Messi, Neymar, possibly, uh, Axel Witzel, uh, Thomas Müller, Robert Lewandowski, Luka Modric, Luis Suarez. Um, which of these, uh, which of the players are you going to miss the most, do you think? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, you, a, a, as much as I love Modric, as much as I love everybody out there, I think, I mean, you only get talents like Messi and Ronaldo, you know, once in a generation. So, you know, if this is their final World Cup, and it probably will be, you know, th those are the ones that everybody, absolutely everybody will miss. So it, those... Those really are the two um, that uh, that we're really going to miss uh, going forward in 2026 and beyond. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and uh, for me, certainly, um, you know, seeing the end of guys like Lewandowski, Messi, um, and Ronaldo is 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 very sad. Um, going on to uh, the final group, Group H. Um, uh, of course, that's CR 7s group, Luis Suarez group, um, and um, and also, um, yeah. I mean, um, how about you, Cedric? I mean, what what's your resonance basically with Group Group H? Were you surprised um, about uh, how how much um, uh, how good um, how tight the group ultimately was? basically, and also um, ultimately to see South Korea go through um, at the cost of Uruguay. Did that surprise you? Yeah, well, it surprised me a little bit because I think Uruguay, they, they, uh, obviously, Luis Suarez is a, is a bit older now, so he's not the same Luis Suarez as he was before, but they have a few uh, really good players uh, in it as well. Um so that surprised me a bit. Uh, I, I was hoping for Ghana as well uh, that they would do a really uh, uh, that would do better than they did now. But obviously Portugal was the one uh, we expected to go through quite easily because they have, uh, you know, if you look at all the players individually, they they, they have by far the best uh, best side. Yeah. Um... Um, talking about then, I guess we look ahead to the semi-finals. So on Tuesday night, Argentina play against Croatia, and uh, France play against Morocco on Wednesday night. Oh my God, what a security hazard that's going to be! I mean, the the Moroccan fans, God bless them, have been really uh, making some noise and making themselves heard all across Europe. And I'm just hoping that it's going to be a peaceful outcome on the night. Um, yeah. Send me uh, some videos from Holland last night, Cedric. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously uh, every game Morocco uh, when they when they won, it was uh, crazy here in uh, in in Holland. Yeah, uh, and I uh, can see you know like it's always a small group uh, who can do a lot of harm, you know, because people are talking about it here in Holland that the Moroccan misbehaved, but that's also yeah, but we it's. It's a small group, and um, you know Morocco does really well during the World Cup. So, so, so most Moroccans they are just celebrating uh, in a way everybody would. Uh, but that's that's obviously uh, you know something uh, uh, annoying here in Holland, but it's probably uh, in, in in other countries as well. Uh, so hopefully for Morocco they'll win, and and everything uh, stays you know just in a normal way the celebrations. Wow. But to be honest, I. I I I I don't see them uh, beat the France in the semi-final, so it's going to be a really hard game for them. I think so too. I'm afraid to say. Um, and uh, and Kai, uh, what's your take on Argentina, Croatia? Basically, do you see Messi going out with a with a swan song and winning the world title? Hmm. Man, that would that would be one for the uh, storybooks now, wouldn't it? Um. Sure. That. Uh, Oh man, I, I I feel really terrible being being put on the spot. The thing is, I'm I'm good at commentating games when they're happening. I'm terrible at predicting. Terrible at predicting <laughs> games. So basically, whatever I say, the opposite's going to happen. So I I mean, but right now, if I if I have to say it, um, I I think that um, Croatia can. I I, I mean. Both these teams can definitely win. Both these teams can definitely win. I feel like if I had to give an edge, I'd give it to Croatia just at the moment. 
they, you know, they've they've beaten Brazil, and you know they they're just kind of looking over at uh, their opponent, going, "Okay, another South American side. Okay, we got this." Amazing, amazing, and certainly a Croatia Morocco final would be absolutely extraordinary. It would be something really. memorable i mean any if morocco made it to the final i think it would be memorable and you know what um having lived in the middle east and also having quite a lot of friends uh, who live in the middle east i think it's been wonderful to see a team who represent arab people or you know and and let's face it an african team has made it to the semi final it's a huge yes breakthrough right cedric it's a big yeah, breakthrough it's the for first african time ever people. yeah so it's uh, important for the continent and i think it's really uh, good for football um And then they did really well, uh, so they deserved the, the, you know, the spot in the semi-final. Absolutely. Yeah, Cedric. Um, before before we um, so we've got our prediction. So um, who's who's going to win the title then, Cedric? What was your prediction? France. France, France, and uh, and 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 uh, and Kai put it on Croatia, and I I guess I should I should give my prediction. I'm just going to say Morocco. I. <laughs> It's going to be romantic. I know Just it probably to be a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if I had to be put on the spot, I'd probably say France as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. No, Sometimes if... I think uh, they, 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 they had some really uh, heavy games uh, in Morocco. I heard yeah. a few players already <laughs> telling, you know, during the interviews uh, after the game uh, they were, that they're really tired, which is uh, understandable. But for some reason, uh, it, it will be amazing if they can beat France. But I just don't see it happen. I think France is just, uh, it's going to, they're going to be a little bit too strong, I think, for Morocco. Hmm. I mean, it could be, it could turn out to be like Euro 2004 with Greece winning it all. You know, yeah, we it's, all remember it's, that. Absolutely. There, there are always these, uh, these things can happen. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be like yeah. that times 10. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be incredible. Absolutely. That, that really uh, would be something. Um, yeah. Cedric, just coming briefly back to your own experience of coaching with Ajax, um, are there some great, is there a great uh, generation of Dutch players coming through? Um, we've got a few at Borussia Dortmund, like Julian Rijkoff, who's very impressive. Um, and also, um, do you know Sebastian Haller? What kind of guy is he? Uh, any BBB fan would love to hear that. Well, I don't know uh, Sebastian Haller. Uh, in person, I never uh, played against him, but uh, at least I can't remember. Maybe I did, but <laughs> I can't remember. But I, I, I've seen him play at Ajax obviously a lot of times, and and uh, they had a strong side at the time. But he fulfilled his role as a striker, and especially uh, because I think he surprised uh, many people in Holland because he already played for Utrecht as well, so people in Holland knew him, and he, even though he did well. Uh, at Utrecht, I don't, I don't think people expected him to be technically skilled. You know, maybe a, a big player scoring uh, goals from the from from the box, but he actually was really important in holding the ball, uh, the ball at certain times, uh, and, and was actually uh, important in the, in the in the football as well. So he surprised people there. Um, yeah, and 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 I know just at, at West Ham when he was in the Premier League, I know he had a, he had a difficult. So I'm, I'm actually, I hope he recovers obviously really quickly from uh, from this, uh, uh, yeah, really bad thing that happened to him. Diagnosis. And, and hopefully, yeah, really, really, really terrible. So hopefully he recovers really quickly from him and he comes back really strong and, and do really well for Borussia Dortmund. Which players should we be watching out for in the next few years, Cedric, from Holland? Uh, you mean from the young players? Young players. Uh, Yeah, well, that, that, that it's so difficult to to say. There, there are really some big talents in uh, in in uh, in Ajax. Uh, actually, in in Holland, uh, I know a few of the, those players. Uh, some of them at Ajax I coached, uh, but even from the other teams. So so so, you know. Uh, but 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 it's really difficult to say. Uh, uh, it's it's difficult to say who's going to break through, you know, and and, and how fast it, it's going to be. Uh, that's all. That, that's really difficult. Uh, and finally, is Julian Rykov uh, on the on the on the on the radar of the Dutch national team? Do you think in the next few years? Uh, well, that's that's you know. To be honest, I haven't seen him play uh, for, for 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 a while now because he's playing for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, I think he's is he playing uh, for the reserves now or is he yeah, playing under for the under nineteen? Under nineteen. Yeah. So, but but and 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 there's this middle step in between uh, for the uh, you know. 
or he's playing really, really amazingly well for the under 19s that he can make that step straight away. Yeah. But that's a huge, huge step. Uh, step right. to come from the under 19s until the Borussia Dortmund first squad, and especially uh, considering the goals that Borussia Dortmund uh, uh, is, is, is uh, wanting to play for. So, uh, so, so hopefully he's going to do well, but 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 that's hopefully. a big step. Kylie, um, I'm sorry we didn't squeeze you in there at the end, but I'm so grateful that you came on. Finally, we made a show together. Thank you, Cedric. Thank you, Kai. A wonderful uh, review of the World Cup.